everybody. Sorry I'm late. I was being a big time actor in my return to Broadway after I had played the Birdman in successful movie franchise and I was trying to prove that I was a real actor, but my daughter wasn't having any of it. My other co-stars on this stage play weren't having any of it. And this guy is drumming everywhere. You're listening to This One Was Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own version of movie sequels that never got made. I'm your host, Christopher Rivas, and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Steve Grande. Hi, sorry I'm late, but I was recently uh, in this prison camp and I got into a fight and I was like, why do I need protection? And they were like, no, protection for them. And then I found myself climbing through the mountains carrying a blue (laughs) blue flower to the guy that told me to to go up the mountain. Now I'm going to become a ninja. (laughs) You are in hell, little man. I am the (laughs) devil. He's my favorite character. Um, (laughs) <laughs> this week we have a very special guest. He is a very funny. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a writer and improviser. Uh, basically, if it's funny and you need someone creative to do it, he's your guy. He's also coming to us from out west. We're beginning our journey out west, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Please welcome Mr. Pat Bean. Hey guys, thanks, thanks. Hey, listen, sorry I'm late. Uh, I just found out that the reason I don't remember a lot of my childhood is because I was actually Peter Pan and Captain Hook <laughs> stole my children. Uh, so I had to go to Neverland and rescue them and uh-huh. yeah, bangerang. Uh, but I'm here, so I'm very happy. Thank you guys, thank you. Sorry I'm late. Uh, it's you, it's really you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this uh, week. We are talking a little bit different, actually, than, than usually. So usually we pick movies that don't have sequels. Obviously, if you've listened to any of our past episodes, that's not always the case. We've, been, we've, we've done like Jaws, for instance. We're sort of doing that here again. We're talking Batman Returns, basically making the third of what would have been the like Tim Burton Batman trilogy. Instead, mm-hmm. we shifted gears and got Joel Schumacher. Um, but Pat, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to tackle this project. Uh, yeah, that, so Batman, uh, has always been a very big, uh, like he's always been my favorite superhero. Uh, uh, the first Batman movie I remember seeing was the first 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And it, uh, you know, this, when I think Batman, this is the iteration I think of, and this Mm -hmm. is like the one I grew up with and really, uh, just, you know, that's, that's what I think of when I think of Batman, like Christian Bale was great. Uh, you know, um, the Adam West is, is great for other reasons, but when I think of Batman, it's, it's this Michael Keaton version. And I love the, you know, I love the the first one. I love Batman returns. And then the third one, uh, that we didn't get, uh, breaks, breaks my heart. Tim Burton didn't continue. So yeah. it's fun to get to play this and, and see what could have been. I mean, Batman, for me, Batman Returns was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I, I probably mm-hmm. watched that tape a second only to like Land Before Time. You know, uh, <laughs> I loved that mm-hmm. uh, Batman Returns. And when that forever came out, it was like, what? This is not at all the same. This feels like a very different. And it was right. But oh, yeah, um, I just thought that was interesting. And this this like it's pretty well documented, I think, at this point what that movie could have been mm-hmm. uh you, you can go on youtube or whatever uh, google is a, <laughs> a lot of help but mm-hmm. uh like it's pretty pretty well documented that the 
if it was going to happen, it was going to be called Batman Continues, which is sort of a bad title. It's so lame. <laughs> it's really not it's a good title. It's the latest possible title. Like, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, but I used uh, what was going to be the fifth Batman, uh, mm. you know, mm. in, the, in the Schumacher verse. Um which is Batman Triumphant. And I think that's a way better name than yeah. Batman yeah. Continues. It is actually, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Batman after the Friday after next. You know? <laughs> um, I, I would I would like to talk real fast about um about that movie and and these Burton movies and how they kind of you know, they were so creepy and of its time and it would ne- I don't think it would ever get made today like this kind of superhero movie that has uh-huh. th- has this kind of grit like dark knight trilogy had had like realistic like action movie it fit its time but not just like a creepy tim burton uh thing and like for those of you who don't know the story and why there wasn't a third burton movie but basically what happened was uh you know, they WB was pitching the hell out of this movie, advertising it everywhere, advertising it at McDonald's. And I was recently home and I was cleaning up my all my toys from the attic and I found like all Toy, the wait, toys, did you just cars. toys in the attic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, cue that's Steven exactly Tyler you. right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I found those toys and like the reason why there wasn't a third Batman movie, uh, with Burton was essentially that, you know, this movie that wasn't for children got advertised as it was a kid's movie and, you know, sold all these toys Mm. and, and, you know, shit like that. And like WB at the time was like, well, we don't want that to happen again. We're going to go on the softer, lighter, more punny side of life. And not worry about this creepy, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. penguin uh, bleeding to death and then f- dropping dead kind it's of a, shit. It's a comic book. Have Batman never do down a dinosaur at the museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, but I think that we all like, especially our generation, now that we're, we're you know, adults now, um, I think we all would love uh, a third Burton Batman, a creepy, like, dark, yeah. I, yeah. I even mm-hmm. think like, like if you really wanted to do it, like especially with the age now, like going the Batman Beyond mm-hmm. kind of storyline with Keaton, I think would be well, that awesome. is yeah. that is one of the rumors, right? Is that uh, uh-huh. they're trying to reboot that sort of series and have Keaton back as old man Bruce Wayne training. The Terry McGinnis or whatever, the new guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I, I was just reading the news that they're, you know, that upcoming Flash movie that's been in developmental hell. They're, you know, they're pretty much, uh, Michael Keaton has all but confirmed that he's in it. He keeps saying, oh, we're talking, we're talking, which, mm-hmm. you know, they're just trying to add zeros to the contract, really. Um, so, but that's the plan is Michael Keaton is going to replace Ben Affleck in that, like, Zack Snyder DC Justice League so in a way we'll kind of get a sequel to the Tim Burton movies where we see what you know what's going on with this version of Batman you know 30 some odd Mm -hmm. years into the future uh what's also interesting too is they had the concept art you can find it online it's really cool looking uh for 
what happened was they took like Burton's ideas and they actually were prepping to make it a comic book. I did and it was see gonna be, about this. Yeah, so they were going to kind of continue that story. Um, and I'm sure they'll continue some elements that uh, I, I know I probably have in my scripts. I saw right. some concept art for stuff that I'll get onto and uh, probably Steve as well and you as well, Chris. So, you know, but and it's cool to see like certain, you know, takes on characters and, you know, they, they had certain actors in mind that they maybe drew into the artwork for other characters that they had yet to introduce. Yeah. So, uh, and for some reason they scrapped well, it. My, yeah, my uh, understanding I, is that they scrapped it. So maybe that's a sign that they're actually planning on producing something. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. I know, you know, they have the Batman 1966 comic book, which continues like the Adam West, Burt Ward version mm -hmm. in comics. So it would make sense to do a Batman 89 comic. But like you said, if, if they're going to touch back into the movies, maybe we'll get some of that story uh, in the upcoming Flash movie and, and down the road, which we can only we can hope. Only hope. And uh, my my biggest hope is that Zack Snyder has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you are not kidding. Yeah, I was on a I, I was on a Facebook group uh, over the last month, and they did a, like a Batman ship posting, and they did a tournament, and it was Batman versus Superman versus the Dark Knight in the same like semifinal round, and Batman versus Superman won. And look, if you're listening to this and you're a Snyder fan, you, you might want to just turn off right now because <laughs> I I hate those movies. I I I feel like when I watch Batman versus Superman, it's the first Batman ever, including Batman and Robin, where it felt like a chore to get through. And I just uh, you know I hope this Snyder cut comes out and it flops. I hope that it is bad. So that's my feelings towards it. I just had to get that out there. Tell us how you really feel, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually not the next episode, kids. This is therapy. We're uh -huh. all talking about the Batman we wanted and the shit we got. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what being a, a lifelong Batman fan is like, is having, having uh, grudges towards new yeah. interpretations. <laughs> I will say, not to totally... I will say the warehouse scene in Batman v Superman was pretty cool yeah. with Batman. That yeah. that's like very passable. If the whole movie was that, it'd be a great Batman movie. Yeah, there were some. It's uh, not. The movie's got good moments in it. Uh, you know, I, look, it could have been worse. It could have been like a Baz yeah. Luhrmann movie. Uh, it could have been. <laughs> it could have been written by Patty Jenkins, and instead, uh, you know, Lois Lane was uh, her consciousness was. Uh, inside the body of some other woman and then they were going around putting her in danger and then uh just like had her conscience and sleeve that other lady's body and yeah. uh anyways wonder woman 84 is very silly uh <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard i haven't seen it yet i've heard it's it's not good uh, it's not good know, if you go into it thinking that it's gonna be a schlocky bad movie then it's a lot of fun mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, the the yeah. whole thing but is like wishes, right? And so one of the mm -hmm. characters, or Wonder Woman, is like, I wish, I wish Steve, Trevor, whatever whatever mm -hmm. Chris Pine's yeah. character's name is, I wish he was still, yeah. I wish he was back. But he doesn't just like appear. It's his consciousness goes into the body of another man, and um, she sees what, him what as Chris it? Pine, but the world sees him as that other guy. Oh. And okay. and then. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, his consciousness leaves that other guy, and then he's just back to being a guy, and he has no memory of what happened over all the <laughs> events of the movie. And it's just, it's, 
Like they slept together. They had him fighting tanks in Egypt. Like, why would you do mm-hmm. that to this man? This poor, <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> what if he died? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Oh, and I'd hope none of us have that in our scripts. Um, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I absolutely do not. Um, Steve, take us away. Don't mind man. the keyboard sounds. I'm just making a last minute edit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I want to I want to <laughs> like go back and uh, you know you guys were talking about how influential this was growing up. I feel like mm. I'm in that bracket of we're the same age, but I was kind of sheltered away from the first two Batmans because I think my mom do how creepy they were. So Mm -hmm. my first Batman was like Batman forever. And, you know, while that movie has a lot of problems, I, uh, I still enjoy it because it, it can be goofy and campy. Um, but rewatching this, I'm like, Oh, I get it. I like how I like this world of, uh, superhero movies where there's not an expectation that there's going to be a next one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, you know, there's not always a tag at the end where it sets up the next thing or the next superhero or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I say that because like, I was really trying hard to figure out a way to get, uh, <laughs> to get, to get Nicholas Cage yes. in as Superman into mine. Yes. But uh, it was too much. It's too unburdened. Um, but uh, uh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I guess we'll when, see. When, well, when Burton was making a Superman movie, he was trying to do Superman, uh, the death of Superman movie, and he cast Nick Cage as Superman. Oh yeah, no, I know. I just okay. I, okay. I don't think I don't think that he'd mix them in between Batman and mm. and Superman right in the into this movie because. Um, anyway, I, I also wanted to point out, uh, Pat, that we're both from Jersey and you're mm-hmm. from Jackson, New Jersey, which yep. is the home of Great Adventure. And I know that you yes. spent some years working there. Yes. Um, but uh, another influential part to my upbringing of Batman was I remember going to Six Flags and every time I went. I was mm-hmm. like, we are turning right as we walk through the front door. We're going straight to movie town and we're going uh-huh. on free fall and we're going on Batman the ride. So like, yes, like that, the animated series, like that Batman ride was awesome. And it's like my first roller coaster, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So to have that association tied with Batman and like walking to the to the cars you like mm-hmm. walk through like what feels like an alley or a factory mm-hmm. inside of Gotham. Yeah. And it was just so cool when I was like 6 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did a really good job on it. It was based off the 1989 movie so it kind of gave you that same feel of like the Tim Burton Batman and it's like like the the setting for like walking through the line was actually cool. You got to walk through and it's like, oh, you're going to escape through the sewer. And this is like the secret bat cave entrance. You walk by like a bat suit that's like sitting there waiting when you get to like the the loading area, which is cool. There was also the Batman stunt show, which uh, yes. the first one, which they did ones based on the first Batman movie. Uh, they skipped Batman Returns uh, and then they went into like a Batman Forever one, uh, you know which was also pretty entertaining. But that was the other thing. Now you're a kid and you're watching Batman actually fight crime live in front yeah. of you, 
they would do like four shows a day and I would go a few times a year growing up in that town. And I think I, I made my parents take me to like three of the four shows every day. <laughs> it's the same thing. Nothing changes. But I was so just I obsessed with Batman as a child. Yeah. I was like, no, we need to see him do this, beat the Joker at 2.30 and then at 4.30. Uh-huh. Like so there was cool. no stopping it. It was so cool. And I remember at one point, I think it was after the whole those Burton Batmans went away that they mm-hmm. changed it to a lethal weapon show. Like, do you remember that? Because I specifically remember uh, a Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> yeah, it was a different it was a different theater because they did it on water. It was a different part of the yes. park. But yeah, they had like a boat stunt show. I remember it opened with like uh Murtaugh is like, hey, I'm learning how to escape a straitjacket. And this dude's wearing like a straitjacket and like jumps in the lake and like has to escape it. And then like a tank rolls out and they blow it up right in front of the crowd. Uh, One boat crashes through like a facade of another boat. Oh, it was insane. So much fun. Yeah, that was a fun show. All right. So uh, my film is called Batman Triumphant. This is a, Mm -hmm. a trailer um okay and for it i have your roles all on there uh i see but but the main thing is about this is that it's like i want to say it comes out like 95 96 this is Uh like five years after the events of uh batman returns Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's it's i see it as the final burton like this is it so if you thought there was a lot of villains in the last one, get ready. Um, <laughs> Cause I know that's one of the knocks towards it. Uh, all right, but here we go. Uh, Pat, you will be playing Bruce Wayne and Batman. You will yes. be also playing the, the main villain of the movie, Jonathan Crane slash Scarecrow. Solid uh, choice. You're also going to be the narrator. Uh, uh-huh. So just think of your like most dramatic, uh, uh, like voice for um, in a world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. And you, you'll also be the ringleader because okay. yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. Uh, Chris, you are going to be Harvey Dent slash Two Face. You'll be Alfred, and you'll also be Patient. And I will be Screen Directions, Gordon, and Chase Meridian. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I will admit, like I've stole I, I like. The animated series just dropped on uh, on HBO Max. Oh, so okay. I've been I've been burning through them, like jumping back and forth uh, between the classics. So I've I, I've decided that like instead of trying to come up with a completely original thing, like I'm going to mm-hmm. like steal a couple things from from Sick. the movies that have happened All right. All right. Uh, from the comic books. Uh, I read the long Halloween this week Ooh, so yes. that's a that's a major inspiration into this um uh-huh, uh-huh. and yeah i just i fucking love batman so much <laughs> and i can't wait i can't wait to share this uh okay so here we go yeah. batman triumphant the trailer starts with the wb logo cue creepy elfman music uh the logo wow, fades wow, uh, wow, to black wow. and it <laughs> Starts to surround it, and and we see falling leaves from the top of the screen. The logo transitions into a jack-o'-lantern sitting on a city stoop. The camera then rapidly pans up a skyscraper. It stops when it reaches the top floor, where we see a silhouette of a patient lying on a couch 
with a psychologist sitting in the recliner next to him. In Gotham City, evil wants to prove that there is more to fear than to fear itself. We zoom in and we see two men clear. Uh, we see two men. The patient, uh, which is just a regular Gotham citizen, lays on the couch and continues to speak as we see the psychologist listening and writing notes. The patient on the couch opens his eyes and says, I don't know, Doc. I just feel like every time I'm in a position to get ahead, I choke up and end up standing still. The, the fear takes over. Looks like our original methods have not been very fruitful. Falling, failing to face your fears. My opinion, I believe it's time that we move forward towards more drastic measures. The psychologist stands up and walks over to his desk. He opens up a briefcase and we see the briefcase is filled with medicine in a very organized fashion. He reaches towards the back where there's a secret compartment. He opens it up and pulls out a baggie of powder. He empties the powder onto a small tray. He turns uh, he turns uh, to his bottom desk drawer where we see an insert shot of him opening up the drawer and he reaches down for a wide brim hat with a pointy <laughs> end on top of it. The color of the hat is a very diluted orange with rips and stitches all over it. The therapist looks up to the man and says, Now, while effective, this treatment is extremely experimental. As we see him put on the hat, he then carries the tray over to the man, uh, to the patient, as we zoom out. We see uh, zoomed out back of the, like, we see the silhouette shot again of them, and we see the psychologist blow the powder towards the man. We see a plume of smoke plume of smoke uh, encase the man's face. He starts to scream. Uh, the, the screams intensify as Crane's frame grows larger. We see his lanky bones extend as he starts to tower over the man. The music swells as we see the hat grow larger. We see him open his mouth and see his razor, large, razor-sharp teeth. He raises his claw like his hands and leans into the silhouette as it grows so big it encompasses the other guy's body. The silhouette then encompasses the entire shot, and the the music stops. Cut to Bruce Wayne walking into a gala with his date. The banner at the gala reads, Benefit for the Gotham City Mental Health Department. Uh, he sees Harvey and waves hello to him. They walk over to him, and Bruce extends to shake his hand. Bruce, old friend, so good to see you again. And hello, what have we here? <laughs> Allow me to introduce Dr. Chase Meridian. She started her practice in Gotham about a year ago. Chase is played by Rene Russo. Harvey takes Chase's hand and kisses it like the gentleman he is. He smiles, looks at Bruce, and wow, says... Wow, a doctor, eh, Bruce? Looks like you're moving up in the world from the photographers and secretaries you used to date. Better hold on to this one now. They all chuckle, <laughs> even though Bruce gives him a, Hey, fuck you, why do you gotta go blow it up my spot like that? <laughs> Look at him. Hey, that reminds me. There's someone I'd like you to meet. This is Dr. Jonathan Crane, Gotham's top psychologist. Uh, a pleasure to meet all of you. Oh, I read your op-ed in The Gothamite. Your work is so fascinating. I'd love to sit in on a trial sometime. As it so happens, I have an opening tomorrow night. Unfortunately, she'll have to give you a rain check. We got tickets to Cirque de Gotham <laughs> tomorrow night, remember? Well, I'm sure it will be a grand old time then, won't it? 
while all the socialites are away, Gotham's seedy underbelly will play. Cut to the exterior of a circus tent as we cue in the grand spectacle Elfman music. <laughs> uh, we see Bruce Wayne and Chase enter the circus tents. As they take their seats in their private booth, uh, we see a bunch of circus shit happening down below. <laughs> clouds chasing other clouds on unicycles, uh, circling around a man that is juggling swords, people riding elephants behind the action, etc., etc. The ringleader steps onto the center platform. All of the performers stop what they're doing and look up at him. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the eighth wonder of the world, the Flying Graysons! The spotlights shoot up towards the ceiling where we see the Graysons smiling and waving. On one side, we see Papa Grayson, played by George Clooney, (laughs) and his youngest son, Dick, uh, a.k.a. Robin, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, yes. Uh, they apply chalk. <laughs> we see them apply chalk to their hands. Uh, cut to the other side where we see Mama Grayson, played by Beverly D'Angelo, nice. and the older Grayson son, played by Luke Perry. They, <laughs> they chalk up their hands as well, but the shot lingers for an extra second as we can see that this, sh- this shade of chalk isn't the same as the other side. Uh Cut to clips of them flying, flipping, and being caught by each other. Uh, we see the mom and older son become scared as they are in midair. They botch catching each other and both fall to a lower support wire. We see Papa Grayson jump onto the wire and try to pull them to safety. Robin, on top of the ledge, extends his hand to help them back up. Uh, as Papa Grayson re- reaches up to Robin's, the wire snaps and the three fall to their death as Robin watches uh, it all happened right in front of him. The music sombers as the crowd goes quiet. We see Bruce Wayne looking up at a heartbroken Robin. <clears throat> Cut to later that evening in the circus tent. Uh, the crowd is left and there are only cops and medical personnel. We see some of uh, some people from Gotham's Corners uh, department carrying off the Graysons now in body bags on stretcher on stretchers out of the tent. We see Batman examining the chalk as he puts some of it in a vial and secures it in his utility belt. Behind him is Gordon, who is staring up at Robin, uh, who is staring at Robin as he tightly squeezes the blanket and is clearly still in shock. Batman turns uh, and stands next to Gordon and says. And Gordon says, sadly, no one in the circus is fit enough to care for the well-being of this child. It's a good, bad angle. Uh, He he has nowhere to go. Fantastic, Gordon. Look, I really love the character of Commissioner Gordon. I think of these ones, they fucking botched it. They made him this buffoon simpleton, and I hate it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make fun of him right now. No, I'm just saying, it's such a perfect, like, I could picture that chubby, just, man, this is Commissioner Gordon. Like, it just, this dummy, yeah, all right. I'm going to take it back. Take it back. Yeah, 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 okay. Sadly, no one in the circus is fit enough to care for the well-being of the child. He has nowhere to go. Making him an... Orphan? Yes. Suppose I should make a call to child services and I'll... No, don't. I know someone that will help. Cut to a fancy car pulling up at the front steps of Wayne Manor. We see Dick staring through the car window, overwhelmed and nervous by the size of the house. 
He gets out of the car and sees Bruce and Alfred standing at the top of the steps. They take Dick on a tour through the house, the living room, the dining hall, etc. They pass through all the rooms and Robin still has the same nervous look he did when he was exiting the car. We see his eyes perk up as he enters the game room, where we see billiards tables, an in-home bowling alley, and a bookcase just filled with board games. Robin looks at the at the corner and uh, we see a shrine to Bruce's favorite hero from a TV show when he was growing up. That hero is called the Rebel Rouser. Dick <laughs> curiously stares at the red, green, and yellow costume displayed in the case. Insert shot of the R logo on his lapel. Uh, as Batman, oh, sorry, as Bruce breaks his stare uh, of Dick looking at the shrine, he turns on the TV where we see Harvey Dent giving a press conference on the steps outside of City Hall. The aggression between Gothamites has escalated by 30% over the last six months. These senseless acts of violence need to stop, and any perpetrators that are guilty of these transgressions will be reprimanded to the fullest extent of the law. During the press conference, we see a man in a trench coat stand at the center of the crowd. He has a blank expression on his face, and we can now see that it is the man that we first saw in Crane's office. He pulls a cord and gas emits from every opening in his coat. People freak out, start screaming, and begin fighting with each other. Harvey stands in shock as he uh, what he's witnessing. Uh, A few members of the crowd begin charging towards him. We see Harvey hold his ground. AK, this is AKA. This is the show that he can be a physical threat. Uh, He punches and throws people around, and you see uh, that he is liking it more and more as he keeps fighting. The sequence ends with a thug trying to hit Harvey with an empty 40-ounce bottle of Schlitz malt liquor. (laughs) He disarms the bottle from the thug, continues to hold his arm, and with the other hand, breaks the bottle over the thug's head. Insert shot of the Schlitz logo breaking into a million pieces. Production note. This is the only way Billy Dee would agree to do this movie. (laughs) Bruce and Alfred look on in horror. In a world bereft from law and order, another villain joins the ranks. Cut to Harvey sitting on Crane's couch. Uh, Crane pops his head up from the notes. I think our time is up because I want to talk to him. Who? You know, Big Bad Hawk. Harvey's expression changes from inquisitive to stern and angry. Batman suddenly breaks through the window of Crane's office. Harvey falls off the couch and Crane retreats behind his desk. Batman takes a second to make sure Harvey is okay and then back to the desk. Batman starts to walk towards it. Give it up, Crane. I know it was you who poisoned the Graysons. And how does that make you feel? I feel aggravated from the splitting headache you're giving me. Well, I have just the medicine for that. Crane stands up from behind the desk. He throws a he throws liquid out of a vial. Batman quickly ducks, turns around, and tries to tackle Harvey to the ground, who is standing right behind him, down to the ground. Unfortunately, he is unsuccessful, and Harvey is covered in the liquid on the left side of his face. Harvey screams in pain as he reaches to cover it. Oh, it's boiling acid! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman <laughs> tries to tend to Harvey for a few moments. 
He feels something behind him and turns around. We now see that Crane is in his full scarecrow getup, towering over Batman. His hair is uh, under his hat is blonde and it's stiff and it looks ratty, resembling a straw. Uh, every uh, his eyes have become more sunken and we start to see the yellow in his pupils. He puts on a tan suit jacket that looks beaten, discolored, and has stitches all over it, just like the hat. He looks at Batman. Now it's time for you to take yours. Crane extends his arm straight out and releases the fear toxin canisters that were under his sleeves. We see Batman inhale the toxin and start to become afraid. We see Scarecrow expand into a Beetlejuice sand monster-like creature uh, (laughs) while dressed like Scarecrow. It has wings and Batman watches it fly out the window. Uh, we see both Batman and Harvey on the floor writhing in pain as we hear slash see sirens, uh, pro- police sirens approaching in the distance. Cut to Dick uh, opening his door and seeing Alfred carrying Bat- uh, Bruce, who is still dressed as Batman, into the master bedroom. Dick's eyes perks up as he slowly closes the door. When all hope is lost, another will rise to help our hero. Cut to Bruce, who is looking like hell under a blanket as he sits at the back computer. Is is there another name for back computer or is it just back, back computer? computer. Okay. It's back computer. Right. Uh, he's analyzing his blood with patient zero, uh, a.k.a. the man that released the fear toxin into the crowd. The computer stops analyzing <laughs> in big, bold words, big, bold red letters. It just says match on the computer. <laughs> uh, Batman swivels his chair around to face Alfred. Whatever I was exposed to is what the people at City Hall inhaled that day. Consider yourself lucky to the alternative. Speaking of which, it seems that Mr. Dent has vacated Gotham General and is nowhere to be found. I have to go find him. I have to find him before Crane strikes again. Tomorrow is Halloween. But, sir, with the condition you're in, you're still prone to... They hear a noise up in the catwalk. They see one of the rickety bars slightly moving. They give each other a oh shit look. Uh, Cut to them looking through the house. Bruce opens uh, Dick's door to see an empty bed. Alfred walks through the game room. He suddenly stops when he sees that the rebel rouser costume is gone from its shrine. Cut to a small silhouette of Dick climbing. uh, Yeah, he's climbing up a building. He's flying from flagpole to flagpole, running on rooftops. On the final rooftop, he does a superhero landing on it, reveals that he has repurposed the Rebel Rouser costume into a Robin suit. Uh, He stares down at a factory with some binoculars. He sees a giant vats and several goons carrying out... uh, crates out of the building, all while the Scarecrow can be seen giving orders to them. Robin grits his teeth as he stands up to mentally prepare, preparing himself to go fight everyone in the factory. But behind him, we see an outline of Batman's body covering him. Uh, at the, he looks, uh, sorry, he looks to his right and we see Batman place his hand on Robin's shoulder. So then at this part of it, is kind of like a, like a quick montage of all these things like throughout the mm-hmm. movie uh, yeah. as, as we're getting towards the big finish. Uh, so here are some things. Batman training Robin in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman dri- uh, diving from goons shooting at him uh, with, you know, Two-Face is on the club yeah. with uh, at the club with them on the stage. 
Scarecrow putting his fear toxin into air vents, gassing public mm-hmm. places like the bank and city hall. Co-workers and customers start beating the shit out of each other and or start cowering in fear. Uh, Harvey yelling at Bruce at the gala. He shoves Bruce and walks off angry. That's kind of like the first first sign that something's up with Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um Bruce and Chase are walking around Gotham. He thinks he sees Selena in the crowd and like Chase kind of snaps him out of it. Uh, and he doesn't see her anymore. Um, just cause it's Burton. I wanted Scarecrow to hold up a pumpkin doing his best Jack <laughs> Skellington impression. Nice. Yes. Uh, Batman and Robin fighting the Scarecrow. He goes to throw gas again, but Batman covers Robin. Robin quickly pulls two masks out of Batman's utility belt. Robin puts it on Batman's face and like Batman's like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's the look he's given. Um, uh, this one's just for fun. Alfred talking to a bunch of socialites at the party, at the gala. He says something and then they all like cartoonishly <laughs> laugh around him. <laughs> and then, of course, the titles, because this was in both of the 89 and Batman Returns trailers. You see mm-hmm. the names Keaton, Williams, Depp, because that's who's playing my Scarecrow. Uh-huh. Uh uh, Rene Russo, and then I just thought Taylor Thomas. Uh, I don't know if that's that's, uh-huh. that's right, but uh, yeah. So all those names are up there, and here we go. Cut to a popular street in Gotham, uh, uh, Gotham City street, full of people in Halloween costumes. Uh, Batman and Robin run out from an alley in pursuit of Two Face. Batman freezes when he sees Catwoman standing again in the middle of the crowd. She turns and runs towards the alley on the opposite side of the street. Batman and Robin chase after her. Uh, As they turn a corner, Two-Face pops out behind him and bashes Batman with the butt of his gun on the back of his head. Robin turns to fight him, but Harvey is too quick. Harvey, like, Two-Face Sparta kicks him. Like, to the ground, <laughs> like, right in his chest. So, uh, Batman lays there woozy, looking at Robin laying beside him. Batman suddenly realizes that he's in a, the exact same alley, in the exact same spot where his parents died. Because, you know, it's not a Batman movie if we don't get reminded that he has dead parents. Mm-hmm. Right, it's true. Um, uh, yeah, he looks cool. up and sees Harvey pointing a gun at him with one hand and holding the coin in the other. As he laughs, we see numerous figures pop out of the shadow. We see that it's the entire rogues gallery, or in my opinion, the, the only ones that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see, here we go, uh, Jack Nicholson is back as the Joker. And he's looking at Robin and he's holding a crowbar. Uh you, you get it, Pat. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then, uh, Harley Quinn, played by Cameron Diaz. Danny yeah. DeVito's back as the penguin, and he's yeah. just like eating a raw fish in his long johns. Um, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Gina Davis as Poison Ivy. Mm. Uh, the Riddler, who it's about damn time, played by Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayface isn't a person. It's... It's like the uh, it's like the plant in in uh, in Little Shop of Horrors. It's this okay. big Burton monstrosity like puppet, and just as a shout out to the animated series, it's voiced by Mark Hamill. Um, Killer Croc is Wesley Snipes. Mister Freeze 
is not who you think it is. It's John Malkovich, because I think that Arnold should have been someone else in that movie. I uh, to meet you, fuck face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Con Air. It's cold. Uh, Bane. Arnold is playing Bane. Um, Sweet. Woody Harrelson is playing the Mad Hatter. Liam Neeson, still playing Ra's al Ghul. Winona <laughs> Ryder playing Talia al Ghul, yeah. Stallone playing Deadshot, and Black Mask, <laughs> Black Mask miss. is played by Pacino. Wow. All right, now back to the narrator. Yep. One man must have the courage. Batman stands up in front of Robin, facing all of his villains. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Batman puts his fists up. <laughs> Uh, some it's the same kind of feeling as like in Battle of the Bastards when Jon Snow takes out mm-hmm. his sword and sees the the horde of, of people running at him. Uh, cue triumphant elfin and music. To do what is necessary. Let's get nuts! <laughs> Two-Face smiles for a moment. He flips the coin in the air. As it's coming down, we see the scarecrow ride by and grab the coin in midair. Ooh. He's on a horse. He tilts his head back, laughing as the horse kicks up its front legs into the air. Cue title card, Batman Triumphant. The end. Nice. Nice. Very nice. I like that. Wow. Yeah. It's a whole meal. It is a whole meal. Uh, I do. I feel full. It is. And this is going to fit. How long is this movie? (laughs) This is five hours. Yeah, this is epic, dude. This is. Mm -hmm. Like you went all out for this one. This is this is epic. I love I mean, it. I mean, like, all right. So, I mean, obviously, Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito are not alive. This is right. all just this is all just a, a fear thing. And like, but that's that, why it works. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that's. I was thinking of like the perfect ending for this. And I was like, man, I, I think everybody one day just wants to see Batman take all of them on at the same time. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. that's the that's the next yeah. big step. Absolutely. So, yeah. Like, and what's oh, I was going to say, what's cool is like that's kind of what the like the animated series would do. Right. Like they have some villain team ups or even like look at the Adam West mm-hmm. movie. But now you're doing the serious take on it. Uh, with the Burton movies. I like that. Yeah, I like that it's, you know, this just massive illusion where it's his worst nightmare of all of his rogues teaming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, this is... I mean, it seems pretty dark. It seems like you fit, it fits that tone pretty well, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I, love, I would want to watch this so much more than Batman Forever. <laughs> yes, yeah. I liked the I liked the casting of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. As soon as you went for the circus, I was like, "Who's he going to cast as Robin?" And yeah, okay. Yeah, and well, I wanted someone that looked like they were thirteen, <laughs> and that's I, how old he would have been when when they filmed it. You know, yeah, because that's around Marlon Wayans. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you wanted the more traditional take on Robin, which is fine. There's yeah. a that's interesting. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's better. I think Robin's better as a child than an adult man. Um, (laughs) What's wrong with Chris O'Donnell? (laughs) The way he does laundry (laughs) is excessive. (laughs) (laughs) They're the richest people in town and they don't have a a dryer? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Yo, Bruce needs to save that electric money for the Batcave. That's how he keeps it. That's how he keeps it on the DL. That's right. He's super stingy and everything else. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, you have you have a contraption. You have an Iron Maiden that the spikes come out and then you turn into a slide, and you can't you can't run a dryer. <laughs> they were out of dryer sheets that day. It was a really weird uh, and just. Dick's like, ah, this is how we did it in the circus. Uh, that is, I think, my favorite part of every Batman movie that um, you didn't include, Steve. I certainly didn't include it. I don't know if you have or not, Pat, but um, the mm-hmm. the goofy ways for Batman to get into the cave. I, oh, I love, yeah. <laughs> you know, going through the Iron Maiden, hitting the button on the p on the piano, and it turns the bookcase or all whatever uh-huh. contraptions. And uh, I just love all of those work. Working in your office, and then all of a sudden, a hole opens up below your chair, and, you... and your cha- the seat of your chair drops. Like you modified the chair too. Yeah. You couldn't just like you know jump down the slide yourself. Like the chair has to dump you out. Like it's a dunk tank at a fair. And I imagine that he lives far away from the city center. Yeah. So that that is a long, a long tube mm-hmm. ride. I doubt it. He's that, getting like updates as it's yeah, happening. Yeah. That's how he gets the. I mean, that's how he makes up for the childhood he never had. He has this giant, uh-huh. like, fifty-mile slide a, he gets a, to ride for all the slides he should have been a on as a child. Of bank tubes, but he was crying, sucking and blowing <laughs> him around. Could you imagine all the employees at at Wayne Tower just being like, you know what? He comes in every day, but I never see him leave. <laughs> He's so dedicated. I don't know. Yeah, he's for- such a workaholic, that Bruce Wayne. He was just in here a minute ago. Where did he go? Ooh, now I get to sit in his chair. <laughs> yeah, let me let me. And that's how the secretary became the new Robin. Yeah, tilt the head of this bust up, and there's a button. Great. Oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I imagine he just has a network of slides under the table that look like when Bill and Ted travel through time like it's all the wires and everything just going everywhere um, uh, before, before we move on I want to I want to circle back to uh, to the villains and the casting is yeah. there are there any oppositions or anyone that any other villains that you think I should add that would be great for like a 90s actor uh. The only thing I and it's the only one I could think of with maybe Raz Al Ghul, if you wanted to mix it up, is I I don't know the actor's name, but get the guy who played like Shang Tsung in the first Mortal Kombat oh, yeah. movie. Okay. Johnny Tsunami stand. That that would be a Grab bit more nineties. Yeah. Um I think that would be more nineties, but I mean Liam Neeson was good too. But if I you just, wanted to go I just yeah. did it because he was he was actively working during that mm-hmm. time. I I yeah. think having uh, somebody who's like really good at martial arts would be cool to see. Like maybe uh, Jet Li or or Jackie Chan would be would be okay. a sick yeah. uh, like you know villain in there for one of those characters. I don't know Deadshot or like Razel Ghul maybe. But yeah, yeah, I think that would be that would be sick. Oh. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like. Uh, John Malkovich as Mr. Mm-hmm. Breeze is just perfect <laughs> to me. <laughs> My wife like is it. frozen. 
Give she this... has McGregor syndrome. <laughs> Give this Batman his money. <laughs> but, and then that... you can do a spinoff where you're being Mr. Freeze uh-huh. and every villain can open a door and become Mr. Freeze. And they're always just like they walk in a door and at first it's like an ice box and they don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that is so s- stupid. I love it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as I was thinking about this movie, this idea of a, the Burton sequel that we never got, I really tried to hone in on the Burton aspect okay. of it. And, um, you know, when he was making Batman Returns, there was a lot of like animal imagery and animal themes. And he's very much a guy that... Uh, comes from a place of like the feel of the of the mm-hmm. thing and the themes around it in that way and he famously uh had never really like read Batman mm-hmm. but when he made the Batman yeah, movie yeah. and so just try to going off of that where like he doesn't care as much about the specifics of the character he more cares uh what they like represent and the impact they have on the characters and the story itself and how they they go about that. So I tried to to do that, and I, and my thought was, uh, you know, Batman was sort of its own thing, and then with Batman Returns, he started to tackle the animalistic nature of it and the nature of uh, like having another persona, and that sort of duality there. And I wanted to tap into. I was thinking, okay, if I'm Bur- Tim Burton, got to make another one. I want to tap into the like fighting aspect of Batman, the brutality, the 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 nastiness there. Excuse me. So, uh, mine is I don't really have a title for it. Maybe it's called like Batman Redeemed or something like that. Okay. But uh, I also didn't write a script for it. I just have sort of an outline. So let me take you through mm-hmm. what I've got here. Um. The cold open is basically a uh, a large shadowy man running through alleys and shadows and in a decrepit and crooked hideaway, uh, he's exploring his take. He had just robbed somebody and he's looking through the purse and he sees some Joker cream from the first movie and he puts it on. And instead of killing him with a smile, he starts to scream and uh, like writhe in pain and we see his shadow sort of grow and curl and buckle down and then title sequence comes in right then we go to uh bruce and harvey they're they're either meeting or they've already met and they're friends or whatever and harvey says that he's found bruce's parents killer and this is big news to bruce because he thought the joker killed Mm -hmm. his parents right, right right And on the way into the courtroom, a reporter asks Harvey for a comment on the crocodile in the sewers rumor, and he laughs it off. At court, Harvey's questioning the suspected murderer of the Waynes, and the suspect throws acid at him. And as Harvey's writhing in pain on the floor, with his face all burned up from the acid, the bailiff shoots that suspect. And Wayne is there in court, and he just watches it all go down, and he's got this, like look in his eye that he's sort of like lost something Mm -hmm. his humanity a little bit 
And <laughs> then uh, maybe we cut to Batman stopping an alley mugging. And he's going a little bit too far. And he's beating this criminal. He's down. This criminal's down. But Batman continues to beat him and beat him within an inch of his life. And another criminal's like, Jesus, you're going to kill him. And Batman viciously turns and jumps on that guy. And we just hear screams as the camera sort of like pans up to the city skyline and we fade to black or something. We hear screams on it. Um, Go to the hospital. The cops are guarding Harvey Dent's room. And one of them is showing the other one a two-faced coin that he got for their kid. And he says something like, a double-headed coin. Two faces are better than one. And uh, we only see Harvey's like good face as he kills both of those cops. Mm. He like takes their gun or something and kills them both, grabs the coin and says, I know all about that. <laughs> and he looks at the coin and sees the two sides and then scratches one of them off. And he flees mm-hmm. out. Get, he runs away. Uh, and then Batman shows up to investigate and Commissioner Gordon is like, um, Steve, give me a, give me a Commissioner Gordon saying uh, he got away. He got away. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I dropped my sandwich. <laughs> Pudding pop came off my can. Exactly. Fuck him and fuck that his 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 dream of being on a, on a Hawaiian paradise. <laughs> oh, just a dumbass! Like, how did he become commissioner? Like, sidebar: How the fuck is he the one that they picked to be commissioner I'm, I'm in that gu- version? I'm guessing that Burton was like, "Oh, I need to show that these cops are inept <laughs> and buffoonish." Clearly. And then it just stuck for three other movies. <laughs> I love him so much. He's my favorite. And that's why he had to be in this yeah, movie. Of course. Even just for a moment to tell Batman that Harvey Dent got away or something. Uh, we see Harvey Dent on the streets and he's, you know, he's in pain. He's sort of like stumbling around, going shadow to shadow. People see him and freak out and run away. And eventually he makes his way to a hall of mirrors <laughs> and, <laughs> and he has a moment like in Lord of the Rings where he's sort of talking to himself mm-hmm. as the two personalities wow. and the camera maybe, you know, focuses on one side of his face as he talks to himself. Mm-hmm. And um, he's still, you know, the DA, he still wants to like stop crime. And uh, what do I have written here? Oh, he decides that it's better than fighting crime. He'll simply take over. So we go to a scene that's sort of like in The Dark Knight, where there's like the meeting of all the crime bosses and Joker shows mm-hmm. up. It's a meeting of all the crime bosses. And maybe it's sort of like actually in the first Batman movie where they're in like a boardroom yeah. and they've got like nice furniture yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And uh, instead of Joker coming in and killing one of them, uh, it's... It's Two-Face. He comes in and just says, I'm running things now. And he kills them all. God damn. Wow. Does and he flip for it? And it's just all all, all tales? Uh, yeah, yeah. He probably, he probably flips <laughs> yeah. for it. At least the first one or something. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he, he kills them all. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he flips for it and 
uh, for each mm-hmm. one. And we can build some tension. There it is. Like, are they going to die or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and then um, Batman is. Uh, oh, so Batman is going around looking for Harvey and he's beating thugs to death and or killing people to do it. And a couple of them escape the Batman. And they run into the sewers where they run into Killer Croc. And Killer Croc is this vicious, nasty monster. Think of like the penguin on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's muscular, but he's like scaly and gross. And he's got these sharp teeth and it's just nasty and scary looking. And uh, these goons find him or they run into Killer Croc. And maybe Killer Croc kills one of them. And the other one, again, gets away somehow and tells Two-Face about it. And Two-Face, you know, Batman's going around killing all his goons. This ain't good for business. So he decides to take it upon himself. He goes into the sewers and meets up with Killer Croc Mm -hmm. and hatch a plan. They got to kill the Batman. That's the plan. Kill Batman. And uh, they decide that to do it, they... uh, they need a lure. They need a trap. So they kill a family and take the child. And uh, Batman tracks him down. At the end, Batman is trying to convert Two-Face to be a good guy. And he gets into a nasty fight with Croc. And it's super brutal and bloody. And they're completely beat up. And as they fight, Two-Face flees. And during the fight, Batman and Croc are both bleeding and bloody. Batman's cape gets torn and ripped off, as does his cowl. Batman wins the fight, and he's about to beat Croc to death when he hears a child. Like, the child was standing nearby crying, and all of a sudden the crying stops. And is just watching intently as Batman's about to murder Killer Croc. And Batman stops and looks at his bloody hands and realizes what he's done. And he looks to the child and murmurs the kid's name, Dick Grayson. And he gets up. Nice. He goes to the child, puts his hand on him and says, come on, son. And as they're walking out of the sewers together, Batman stumbles because uh, he's so beat up. And the child helps him. And the child oh, yeah. helps him limp mm-hmm. out of the sewers into a bright light. And that's where it ends. Nice. nice. As sort of a to-be-continued fight with Two-Face or whatever. Oh, I like that. Two-Face got away. Love it. I love I love the, the Killer Croc angle, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a villain that barely, it barely gets any play in any of these movies. It got referenced in The Dark Knight Rises, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quick you throwaway know? line, and just that's it. Yeah, I like that. And I like the the idea of, like, you know, walking towards the light and like, here's Robin. Like it's very much, um, after, uh, the long Halloween in the comics, they usually, people kind of point to, it's called dark victory, which is like that version of like the Robin origin. It's very similar, Mm. like a very dark Batman who then like, you know, like he's just living to be Batman. And then, uh, they come across, he gets saved by, by Robin, by this child. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, Batman Continues isn't the best title for it. Maybe like Batman Redeemed or something like that, mm-hmm. where we see him lose his humanity 
and at the end gain it again through saving this boy and then you know next episodes or whatever else he can struggle with something else but yeah but yeah thanks awesome, very man. nice yeah dude. very nice i like that i would watch that movie that's and again like steve said like it's killer croc like that's <clears throat> excuse me like that's you know, we, we haven't really seen any of Killer Croc. None of the modern movies, none of the movies really have touched on that. Mm-hmm. He's really just been like animated series and comics. So I think, and I think Tim Burton would be the guy to to really approach Killer right. Croc. So I think that's a solid yeah. choice. I, I yeah. also want to touch on the idea that you're you're having Batman kill. And mm-hmm. I I know that he, he's killed in the other movies, other Burton movies. <laughs> just left and right. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so Pat, as we're watching Batman Returns, and then that guy gets thrown down the the manhole, and then yeah. the bomb gets thrown down, and then he walks away, and kaboom! I was just like, oh well, thank God that guy, you know, was able was able to throw that bomb down the down the sewer, so it didn't kill him. Uh, but yeah, like I've come to realize that, like with these Batman movies, like. They were made in the 80s, which was an extremely violent, you know, decade mm-hmm. for action movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, this guy doesn't follow all the rules or care all that much about the mythology. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I can I can. This is why I don't like Zack Snyder, because Zack Snyder knows what he's doing. And he's a he's a comic fan yeah. and he knows better. Where, you yeah. know, this was the 80s where I'm like, oh, thank, you know, you, you can get a, a dramatic, uh, dark interpretation of Batman in a movie. If that's if that's what has to happen, fine. Just don't talk mm-hmm. about the, you know, oh, I shouldn't kill kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and, and the whole like killing or not, <clears throat> like Batman kills all the time, at least in like these movies, the TV, the cartoons or whatever else. But it's always indirectly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he throws the guy, he puts a bomb in a guy's belt and then kicks him down a manhole. Yeah. And we see the explosion, but we didn't see Batman actually kill him. Right. Or or the classic from Batman Begins, like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And just lets the right. train fucking crash. <laughs> yeah. Into the. No, you killed him. <laughs> no, that's exactly what you did. You incapacitated him and let him just <laughs> lay down on a crashing train. Yeah, that's that's murder. I'm pretty he sure it's murder. He should have used his ninja powers <laughs> like I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a goon. There's a goon peeing in the bathroom, and he just gets his face smashed into the mirror <laughs> so hard. Like, no, that guy might be dead. Yeah. Uh, there, there was an episode of the animated series I watched that. It's he's fighting somebody and they're on a train and the mm-hmm. train doesn't have the end of a track and it goes off and he, you know, saves them, gets off the train. But the train crashes into a building and then Batman is just like standing on the roof. <laughs> I forget what villain it was capturing them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? And he's like, the day is saved. I'm like, no, it's not. You just, <laughs> <laughs> you just crashed a, a train into a building off of an L line. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, what about those people? Are you even going to look back? <laughs> yeah, the building was empty. It's fine. <laughs> I cleared it beforehand. How did you know? I'm Batman. <laughs> just fucking. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just a Batman who just does not care so, about uh, property yeah. damage or human lives. That's all we mm-hmm. get in the movies. Mm-hmm. 
He only cares about catching the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the city's on fire, but fireflies apprehended. <laughs> That's a C-list villain. Oh. Why did you blow up the city for him? Yeah. It's worth well, it. Yeah. When we were talking about doing this, I was also like, I got to have some bad characters. I got to have like Calendar Man or Condiment Man or something be the villain. Oh, uh, man. Well, Calendar <laughs> Man can be creepy if you do him right. Like the Arkham video games, I think that would be an interesting Calendar Man. But yeah, Condiment Man. <laughs> <laughs> or if you go, because again, it's like late 80s, early 90s, if you like have uh, KGB Beast and have him mm-hmm. just be a super Russian Ivan Drago like character. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. You you guys don't like uh, Maxi Zeus or uh, Hercules or the Calculator? Oh, fuck. how about King Snake, who's just a guy with a snake tattooed on him? How about how about the guy that's like literally a shark or an orca whale or something? Oh, uh, yeah. What's the shark character's name? Killer Shark. <laughs> oh, it's called the Great White Shark, and I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm oh, looking yeah. at him. He looks, he looks like he looks like the bad version of the mask. You know, when the, when the bad like, guy puts on the mask and takes it away from. Yeah, Jim he Terry. look he looks like street sharks. You know, like Batman's over here fighting the street sharks. You know? <laughs> uh, there's Kite Man, uh, Doctor Phosphorus. Ooh, Spellbinder. Yeah, Batman truly has the best villains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has the best and the fucking worst. Wait, how, he how runs did, the gamut. How has this one not reemerged? Uh, Swagman? <laughs> His name Ooh. is Swagman. <laughs> Swagman? I've never heard of that one. <clears throat> oh, oh, just, he's just like, he's the most confident <laughs> with the flyest kicks. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing those Yeezys while he's kicking Batman's ass. <laughs> Oh, he just moonwalks everywhere. He just fucking mm-hmm. break dances. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, it. It's wonderful. So Batman's got the worst rogues gallery <laughs> and the best rogues gallery. Yeah. He, um, he's managed. Just both. like just like he's got the best movies and the worst movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, oh, and with that, I think, Pat, I think we're ready for you to take us through your vision of the third Tim Burton-esque Batman movie. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, so I I really racked my brain on this. Uh, like, I really, you know, like, I pretty much uh, only have what you have, Chris, as an outline. I do have a bit of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I have one scene uh, that really, I was like, ooh, I really want to share this with you guys. Uh, and I think it plays really well uh, for the, the, you know, the, the Burton verse. So I'll kind of give you what I have. Uh, the ending, there were still some tweaks. Like, I came up with two versions of this. That was the thing. The really hard part <laughs> for me was I had, like, two different versions where I wanted to go, right? So with these movies, you want, like, escalation. You want things mm-hmm. to be tough. But it's also, I didn't want to, like, remake a movie that came later. Like, I didn't, I tried my best to not incorporate elements from, like, Batman Forever. And it was easy to not incorporate elements of Batman <laughs> and Robin. Uh And then, you know, like, but the Nolan movies, like, those have some really sweet moments Mm -hmm. in them, and I was trying not to. So, like, I'll I'll give you the version I didn't do that I'm not going to share and go into detail with. Uh, I wanted to do a version uh, where we have, with some of the same themes, like, I wanted to, kind of like you, Chris, explore the theme of, like, uh, a Batman who, like, really starts to lose his way and starts to go down the wrong path. 
And I wanted to, and it almost kind of formed itself in a way where I was going to do the opposite of Batman Begins, where my, my initial plan was I wanted the villain to be Ra's al Ghul, and I was thinking the the actor mm -hmm. from Mortal Kombat who played Shang Tsung to be the villain there, mm -hmm. uh, where he loses himself, uh, and then uh, the title I have is Batman Reborn, and it worked for both, and that was the idea was he comes to the brink of you know crossing that line that would haunt him forever, and then he comes back and and you know redeems himself so to speak. Uh, you know, kind of like yours or, or is reborn mm -hmm. with mine. Yeah. Uh, but, and then I was like, ah, I didn't want to like just go with, with Ra's al Ghul. That's, you know, we used him in Batman Begins. So I wanted to maybe go in a way that really hasn't been done in a movie. Uh, so I chose for my villain, uh, Roman Sionis, AKA black mask, which Grande cool. mentioned in his, uh, and I think again, same thing like 94, 95 is when I'm thinking this movie comes out and, you know, Roman Sionis is like, also, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, quick overview, he's another like, you know, kid who grew up rich in Gotham, uh, sort of like the opposite of Batman in a way. Um, okay. And uh, so I wanted Roman Sionis, you know, to be a handsome, charming guy. And I'm thinking mid 90s, who better uh, than Mel Gibson would be my Roman <laughs> Sionis. Oh, all right. I think he would make for a really cool villain. Uh, for Black Mask, uh, and I would go the whole thing where you know we have like an accident happen where the mask is fixed to his face, so he's mm -hmm. no longer that handsome guy. Like he has to only be Black Mask, uh, you know, which plays into the whole idea of you know Bruce and Batman. Like is he, you know, he's just kind of committed. So, so I'll kind of go from there. I'll, so uh, my movie would start off where uh, it would actually be a flashback, and you'd actually find that Bob the Goon from the first Batman movie, survived. He's, the, he's alive! He's the number one guy. He's, he's <laughs> the number one guy. Yeah. Pat, <sighs> Batsu, before each show, Chris and yeah. I would do that to each other. <laughs> yes. So we would, we would open with a flashback to, um, to that night when with the Joker parade, right? And so it'd start and we'd see the same thing where he's like, you know, Bob, gun, bam, just shoots him point blank, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then all the other cast goes in, but the camera's going to focus on Bob and you find out uh, Bob is able to kind of just slowly crawl into an alley uh, and he has a mask because, of course, he knew the gas attack was coming. So he had the mask on him mm -hmm. uh, and he kind of goes off to the side. And as they're kind of clearing up and police and EMS and everything kind of get a hold of the situation, you know, Joker's been... Uh, you know, defeated at this point, and it's cleanup time. They find that Bob is alive, uh, and you know, it kind of goes through where Bob uh, manages to get to that surgeon who fixed the Joker's face. Uh, he's able to get mm -hmm. like just that underground surgery, and he's kind of on the run. And then it slowly catches up to present day, uh, which I would say is like two or three years after Batman returns in in story time. And uh, we come down, and Bob is uh, stalking a woman. Uh, you know, he's just like a petty thief. At this point, uh, but of course he is apprehended by Batman, and this is kind of you know Batman kind of takes pride in in this moment that like he has finally uh, you know caught the last of the the Joker goons. So uh, it comes up where he drops him off at uh, Gotham PD, and outside we of Gotham PD we see Harvey Dent and our favorite Commissioner Gordon uh, walking down the stairs, uh, and you know. It's Batman's just kind of finished tying Bob the Goon to a light post outside. Uh, and Batman just kind of looks at Dent and is like, make the charges stick this time. And like, you know, grapples off. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Gordon can say something, you know, like, I don't know, uh, Grande, what does Gordon say whenever, like, he drops his favorite food? Oh, Drat, this is going to be a lot of paperwork now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I didn't mean to pimp you, but I just, your Gordon is so goddamn perfect. I just imagined him saying, he's tied to a pole. <laughs> Billy D's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's just like, what do you, no duh. Uh, uh, okay, so then we'd, we'd go to our opening montage, uh, you know, which would be kind of sort of like, uh, you know, we would kind of see the path from there to the bat or uh, the bat cave or like Wayne Manor. And the way it would be filmed was we would have uh, like half the screen, it's kind of like when the sun is coming up. So like half the frame is, you know, Gotham kind of starting mm-hmm. as the sun is rising and the other is still in that darkness from the night before, uh, sort of, you know, kind of artsy fartsy duality type stuff. And we'd see the title of Batman reborn. Uh, we would come into, uh, you know, then Wayne Manor in the morning, we see Alfred's like making breakfast. Uh, and you know, Alfred's listening to the radio at this point while he's doing it. And we hear things of, you know, it's reported like Bob the goon, is has been uh, apprehended after a few years of being on the run. Um, we also hear that uh, Wayne Enterprises stock is starting to uh, fall despite its recent acquisition of Shrek Industries. Uh, Max Shrek being the villain, mm-hmm. uh, you know Christopher Walken's character. Uh, you know, so Alfred goes in to wake up Bruce. Um, Bruce kind of just you know like blows it off. So Alfred sits down, and just starts eating the breakfast and all. And Bruce and Alfred start talking and alfred's trying to encourage him like go to wayne manor you know see or uh wayne enterprises and you know see if you can kind of fix things and you know see if you can kind of you know rally everyone around so to speak uh bruce just kind of brushes it off he's like no we have something else to do uh so then of course uh cut to them driving into the city and uh alfred kind of parks you know that like nice rolls royce outside lets bruce out and as we mentioned before, it's not a Batman movie unless you acknowledge that Bruce's parents were killed. So mm-hmm. this is, of course, the day where Bruce has the two roses and he sneaks into the alley, you know, with the big yep. Ray-Ban sunglasses, drops it off. Um, and uh, on the way back, though, he runs into Harvey Dent. And, uh, you know, Bruce is kind of like, you know, not opposed to seeing Harvey, but he just kind of wants to, you know, go back to Wayne Manor and go back to sleep and be ready to be Batman. Uh, so Harvey tells him, listen, you know, I'm having a big party tonight. I'm announcing... Uh, that, you know, I've had this great run as DA. I now want to run for mayor. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm having a fundraiser dinner tonight. I'd like you to be there. Uh, and Alfred, of course, like RSVP is like, yes, of course, you should hang out with friends, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so we'll cut to that. So that's the scene I have written. I don't know if you want me to like jump ahead and just kind of talk about the rest of the plot or if you want to do that scene and then I'll uh, wrap it's up. It's up the rest to you. Film. How are you feeling about it? Um, let, let me just kind of flesh out the rest of what I have. Maybe we'll kind of go there. Uh, uh, so, you know, we have this scene that, that takes place, um, uh, from the scene though, we, uh, Bruce and Selena see each other again for the first time since the end of Batman returns. Okay. Uh, we also meet Roman Sionis, you know, Mel Gibson in this scene. Uh, we just kind of get that feeling like he's super charming, uh, you know, but you can tell something's off about him. Uh, you know, and then little ways later down the, or so when Bruce actually ducks out of the uh, Harvey Dent fundraiser, uh, he's not really paying attention. He's just trying to, you know, just get out of there and shake off having to pretend to be that rich playboy type guy. Uh, and he bumps into somebody and, you know, he's just like, you know, oh, sorry, you know, and keeps walking. And at that moment realizes he's actually just been pickpocketed. 
uh, he, he doesn't have his wallet on him. So he goes to chase this guy, and this guy, we don't really see his face. He's got like a hood and a big coat on and all that. So Bruce kind of starts to chase him uh, and then thinks other, you know, otherwise about it, goes back in the direction he was going and starts like taking off his overcoat and stuff. So we see this guy who mugged him again. We don't see his face really. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> is he driving a cat? Does he drive a cat? He does not drive a cat. <laughs> He should. God damn it, I should have. See, I didn't want to steal things for Batman and Robin. I tried so hard. <laughs> but he is basically dressed like that. Uh, he is dressed like Bane, which I think Bane learned how to disguise himself from watching the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie with Raphael. <laughs> like, that's how Bane learned how to disguise. Like, disguise like turtle. Like, if I wear a coat and a hat. And just pop the collar up over my... Above no, my ears. No one will ever notice my face and the my mask giant, I'm wearing. My ridiculous Lucha Libre costume. You know, with the friggin' wires <laughs> being stuck out the back end. Giant green tubes flowing that just makes this weird slurping sound as it goes through these giant bendy straws in a backpack. <laughs> um he's the best he's, oh god it's the <laughs> best beta if only that was who arnold played um yeah god god damn it i want that john malkovich freeze okay uh so anyway so back to this so uh you know we see the guy you know kind of ducks out he makes sure he's clear he starts to like open the wallet he goes to round a corner and we see headlights of a car on him uh but it's the batmobile and it's batman uh you know nice. so this is our first seeing of Batman. So Batman runs and starts to kind of chase him around a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's Batman goes to like, just try to like kick him. Right. And this guy like evades it. And, you know, Batman's even stunned like this. How, how did this guy like avoid my kick? And they keep trying to like kind of catch him. And, you know, I mean, it's the mid nineties. So I don't know that we would have called it at this point, but the guy is basically doing like parkour in this alleyway to avoid Bruce or mm -hmm. Batman at this point. Excuse me. Um, so at one point, did they're kind of. Did like, you try kicking him, sir? Yeah, I tried that first. It didn't <laughs> yeah, work. Fucking try. Yeah, but I didn't see you out there, Alfred. Walking, sitting here just burning eggs. I don't know what you're doing. But why don't you go do some laundry? All right, the dryer's broken. Fuck off. Um, so we. <laughs> Were you so mean to Alfred? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll get there. Uh, this is a very frustrating oh. Batman because what happens is he goes and uh, he tries to climb up. Uh, he's chasing him up like a fire escape of this one building. And, uh, you know, this guy's like climbing it, just parkour, like flipping up left and right, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Batman, of course, just takes the grappling gun and gets to the top. So they get to the top at about the same time. Uh, Batman tries to grab him but only grabs his coat. And we see Batman actually almost like slip and fall. And he's starting to like fall headfirst back down. Uh, but all of a sudden, like when he's at like the last, uh, little platform of the fire escape, Batman just like stops. And we see that, you know, this guy, we still don't see his face because of the hat, but he's actually hanging from his feet on like the railing of the fire escape and he's caught Batman and he just kind of swings him. Batman kind of lands in like a pile of garbage on the side and <laughs> Batman just still kind of like stunned and just shocked. And then the last thing he sees is, you know, like the last foot swing over the ledge of the roof. Uh, mm -hmm. and so Batman's like, I have like, he has the coat. That's all he has of this guy. This guy got away with Bruce Wayne's wallet and all Batman has is the fucking dirty overcoat. Right. So he goes hey, back. Hey, to Hey, Hey, it's a nice coat. 
You're right. Nice coat. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes, the nice coat. Well played. Uh, he's got the coat, so he goes back to the Batmobile, and he throws uh, throws the coat down. Um, you know, rips off his cowl and his cape, and he's frustrated. And you know, Alfred kind of goes like, "What's the matter, sir?" And you know, Batman's real short with him, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm getting too slow. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, whatever. It's kind of starting to deal with like, why am I slowing down? You know, I've only been doing this a few years. Uh, and Batman kind of like catches himself, realizes he shouldn't be rude to Alfred. Um, so you know, there, there's kind of that moment where you see Batman's kind of on edge, and he's really like mm-hmm. he's he's getting kind of consumed with being Batman. It's taking away from his, his Bruce Wayne persona, so to speak, uh, you, you know, and then that, that, that's like the most part I fleshed out, but where I do want to go with it is you have, uh, you know, Harvey and Roman are talking and, you know, Roman decides he's going to, you know, be a really big campaign donor for Harvey Dent. But of course, Roman has some shady business dealings on the side. So they're kind of talking about that. So Harvey is kind of starting to question, you know, I want to be the the mayor, but do I want it at this cost where I want to sell myself to, to Roman Sionis and be under his thumb by taking his money? Um, so we cut to the Bob the Goon trial, and Bob is the man who, during the trial, has that little vial of acid and throws it nice. in Harvey it's Dent's face. It's boiling acid! <laughs> uh, and uh, same thing to you guys, you know, Bruce is in the room uh, and mm-hmm. sees this and he's upset that, you know, this guy who is kind of one of his few friends because, you know, Gordon's a bumbling fuck, uh, has just, no you know, he couldn't be there to protect his friend. He's like, you know, I was too busy being Bruce Wayne sitting at this trial. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't Batman. I wasn't there to save him, right? Um, so he kind of just starts becoming consumed with, consumed with that and uh, Roman kind of starts to come in and he decides he's going to make an offer to sell Wayne Enterprise or uh, purchase Wayne Enterprise. He wants to acquire it. Um, so Bruce is thinking about it because if he sells that money, he can just focus full time on being Batman, you know, and uh, Alfred's trying to encourage him like that's not, you know, the life you you want to live. You know, you want, you know, you want that real life. Uh, also, we find out, you know, through uh, science, uh, you know, where he, he has that man's coat and he's able to identify that the man who mugged him. Uh, when he pulls up the picture on the bat computer, uh, we see Marlon Wayans because yes, it is Dick Grayson. Uh, I wanted to stick with the Tim Burton nice, version of nice, Robin. Very nice. Uh, and this version's backstory is he was in the Flying Graysons, uh, and then shortly after the Flying Graysons' death, which this Bruce Wayne was not present for, um, he actually the the circus group stays together. Uh, they actually all kind of turn to a life of crime and they become known as the Red Triangle Gang, which, if you remember, is the circus gang from Batman Returns. Uh, however, when they started to turn to crime, this is where Dick Grayson kind of doesn't want to be a criminal, so the Red uh, Triangle Gang actually kicks him out. Uh, and he just becomes homeless for, like, you know, the, the past, like, four or five years, so he's living on the streets. So that's why he's acrobatic, but he's, a you know, connection, man. a petty mug. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. And so this way, so Bruce Wayne kind of thinks, he's like, wait, this guy, like, you know, he mugged me, but like he didn't, you know, he, he turned away, he turned away from like bigger crime. Like he wasn't a part of that gang. You know, he kind of realized like this guy's just trying to survive, looks into him and, you know, sees that like Dick Grayson had, you know, aspirations for like a, a career in science, so to speak, like took a, you know, one community college class or something and that's it. So, uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, at the, uh, encouragement of Alfred actually finds Dick Grayson and kind of just encourage, like gets him a job actually at Wayne Enterprises. Uh, but then of course it's about to be sold to Roman Sionis. So Dick Grayson is actually the one to kind of be like, listen, man, like you brought me in, like 
you know, everyone, you know, everyone knows Roman Sionis is a shady guy. We're not going to work with him, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then meanwhile, Two-Face is now on, like, you know, he's doing these bank robberies and he's trying, because he wants to, he wants to be mayor on his own terms. So he's just going to fund it by, uh, you know, robbing banks. And no one's quite made the connection yet that Harvey Dent and Two-Face are the same person. So he figures people are going to focus on that scarring that they're not even going to pay attention to the, the right. Harvey well, he's, wearing, he's wearing his glasses. You know? Yes, he's wearing, <laughs> he's wearing the glasses. And as we know, based on a certain reporter in Metropolis, uh, that is played by Nick Cage. Uh, that is not something we... No, I didn't actually put Nick Cage in, but I should have. I should have. Um, so Truth and justice. <laughs> and the American way. <laughs> Um, and so there's, there's a bank robbery that Batman foils, uh, but even he still doesn't quite put together that it's, it's Two-Face, uh, you know, Harvey's able to get away. Um, and then while Two-Face is steaming about the robbery, he sees that Roman Sionis, uh, you know, just, you know, news is broken that they're in talks to buy Wayne Enterprises. Uh, Two-Face gets pissed at this and he's like, I don't want this guy getting any, you know, more wealthy. So he actually gets involved in kind of similar to what happens to him. He's like, this guy deserves it more than I do. So also kind of throws like an acid on Mel Gibson, Roman Sionis's face, uh, which sort of affixes the mask mm -hmm. to his head. So now we have the, the black mask who can't take that mask off. So now Roman Sionis is doubling down. So these two guys are warring and Batman's trying to figure out how to get involved. Um, and uh, through, you know, Alfred's kind of like, you need help. You need someone who can watch your back like this. You know, you're, you're spreading yourself too thin. And similar to how Vicki Vale found out, uh, Alfred leads a young Dick Grayson into the Batcave. Uh, they kind of become partners and uh, they, they team up and they are able to thwart the dastardly plots of our Two-Face and our Roman Sionis. Neither of them are killed. However, of course, you want to keep them in the background because, you know, ideally if this becomes a long, a long film franchise... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and uh, so they team up and we have the, the Batman and Robin kind of pairing. And of course, you know, Robin makes it so that, uh, you know, Batman has found himself again. He's reborn. He has mm -hmm. that balance in his life where he hasn't gone fully to the dark side like, like a Roman Sionis uh, or a Two-Face. He's able to maintain that more positive outlook. Nice. Um, so does, it, kind of the quick does it end with uh, both of them on a rooftop looking at the bat signal? <laughs> uh running, it should running. they're they're running from the bat symbol <laughs> yes <laughs> it should but actually to to jump to the ending and then i'll, I'll give you the piece of dialogue i i have um when we have oh yeah and catwoman's a love interest in there it's yeah. you know it's yeah. it's not really that important for us guys uh but catwoman's involved so what we have is um we cut to a scene where we have to set up the next three movies whether or not tim burton were to sign on i don't think he would but uh, I'm going to steal a thing from 20 years in the future. We're going to have like a post credit scene or just a teaser at the end. And we're going to go to Arkham Asylum. And, uh, you know, someone's just finishing the paperwork on Two-Face going there, right? And uh, we see a name badge and it says Crane. So it's our Dr. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Crane, um, who, yeah, I kind of picked Johnny Depp as well. Although, uh, if we we're going to do some alternate casting, uh, I think a young Keanu Reeves maybe could have been an interesting Ooh. Jonathan Crane. Okay. So just... 
<laughs> just to mix it up, I think he would have just, whoa, you're scared. Um, something. <laughs> this isn't the John Wick Keanu Reeves yet. This is not Neo. Yeah, this, is, this is still. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah. more this Bill is and Ted than John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp is my first round pick, but in case he's busy doing other things, we'll we'll get Keanu Reeves. Uh, and they're oh, saying like, for oh, Tim Burton. Should... For Tim yeah, Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. For Depp Tim Burton. will drop everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is true. This is true. It's like I don't have scissors on my hands. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he walks down a hall, and you know, just a, a nurse. Uh, which I was debating on making like Quinzel, just throwing a name tag, like not saying yeah. it, but just maybe acknowledging it. Uh, you know, maybe might be overkill. Uh, but he walks down the hall, and uh, he's like, "Oh, so uh, you know, you're, uh, I'm, you know, I'm Doctor Crane. You know, your normal therapist is out." Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to talk and we'll just get to know each other. And you just hear a voice. Uh, he's kind of looking through like a slit in the door, mm -hmm. uh, like one of those things like you yeah. can slide open and closed. And we just see a weird green light. And all you hear is riddle me this. And you see uh, a man in a straitjacket turn around and it's Robin Williams as the Riddler uh, mm -hmm. and then just cuts the black. And then that sets up, you know, a couple of villains for, you know, potential movies four, five, six of, yeah. of Riddler. I like yeah. it. I like it. Uh, the oh, only thing yeah. I would add is you got to have, uh, you know, maybe maybe this isn't in the asylum. Maybe this is like a character for the next movie. But we got to mm. see Pamela Isley, mm. and and she needs to be played by Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. Just totally green, like yeah, space yeah, alien from yes, a bad yes. '60s sci-fi movie. Yes. Green. <laughs> uh, Love yeah. it. Dude, so that that's, that's great. Thank it's you. Well, tease. I do have the it's one, the one. Thank you. I do have the one bit of dialogue though Let's that I think it. It would be worth sharing. Let's do um, it. So this is the scene with, uh, you know, this is the Harvey Dent gala, you know, towards the, you know, beginning of the movie um, where, you know, so I'll, I'll kind of read the, the directions here. Um, but then what I have is as long as you guys have in front of you, uh, I'd like Steve, can you be our Bruce Wayne? Mm -hmm. Um, Chris, I'm going to actually have you be Selena. Okay. Selena Kyle. Uh, and again, this is the first time they've seen each other since the end of Batman Returns, since Selena has murdered Max Shrek uh, with that mm -hmm. electric kiss. Um, Steve, I'm also going to have you be Roman Sionis, our nice mid-90s Mel Gibson. Okay. You know, charming, something creepy, but charming. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to take it upon myself to play Harvey Dent on this one. So uh, if we have the scripts, we'll, we'll start reading. Let's right. do it. Everyone's ready? Okay, all right. A uh, big gala with a stage and podium with giant pictures of Harvey Dent. Bruce awkwardly arrives and shakes hands with a few people. He runs into Harvey, who welcomes him and escorts him to the bar area. Bruce asks who else he has invited. Uh, Dent lists off a few people, but when he says Roman Sionis, Bruce stops and stares at him. Harvey knows that he's a competitor of Wayne's, but he realizes that the two richest men in Gotham having his back should lead to a winning campaign. Bruce says that as soon as Sionis arrives, he's leaving. Harvey tells him he better finish his drink then because Sionis just walked in. Harvey walks away angry, start to show that little duality of how mm -hmm. angry he can get. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bruce turns and sees Roman Sionis, uh, shaking hands and barely managing to walk through the sea of flashbulbs going off. Trailing behind is Selena Kyle. Bruce's jaw drops when he sees her. Harvey greets Sionis, and Bruce makes his way to Selena. So they're in their own separate conversations here. Uh, Selena sees Bruce. She tries to escape, but can't make it through the crowd. What are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing. Looks Bruce up and down. That's not the suit I figured you'd be wearing at this hour. I could say the same for you. I guess you only wear yours when you're stealing from every museum on the East Coast. Bruce, 
I'm flattered you've been keeping tabs on me, but maybe you should keep your voice down. Something tells me you don't want anyone here to know about your nocturnal hobby either. What's brought you back to Gotham, Selina? Roman Sionis walks up to them, giant smile on his face. There's something almost haunting about how charming he is carrying himself. Brucey, boy, how are you? Oh, good to see you. Ah, I see you've met my assistant, Miss Selina Kyle. Uh, yeah, we've met before. Selina shoots Bruce a look. Sionis looks at the two of them confused. Uh, well. Realizing he needs to cover his tracks. Yes, she used to work for an old associate of mine. Ah, he has uh, Max Shrek. It's a shame what happened to him. Mm, shocking. <laughs> Bruce shoots Selena a look as if he can't believe she just said that, followed by a weird, quirky smirk. Uh, I just have I just haven't seen Miss Kyle since before Max passed. I, I was just telling her how happy I am that she's landed on her feet. And I was just telling Mr. Wayne that I'm surprised he's here. He almost never comes out of his cave. <laughs> Harvey returns with a drink. Can I get anyone a drink? This is a party after all. What are you drinking, Mr. Dent? Why, I'm drinking what every confident man drinks. Colt 45. <laughs> Once I'm mad... <laughs> <laughs> Once I'm mayor, I'm going to institute two new laws in Gotham. Law number one, never run out of Colt 45. And what's the second one? Directly to the camera. Law number two, never forget law number one. <laughs> Come with me, miss. Hey, Kyle. Selena, Kyle. Miss Kyle, let's get you an ice cold Colt 45. I'm not saying you'll have a better time with Colt 45 than without it, but why take chances? <laughs> Harvey escorts, <laughs> Harvey escorts Selena to the bar with Bruce and Roman in shock of how smooth Billy D, I, I mean Harvey Dent is. <laughs> I love your Billy D. I love Thank you. I, I want you saying is Billy D, Colt 45, and that to be my text alert. <laughs> oh, we can make Colt 45. Yeah, I just, I watched oh, a couple of the, so the Colt 45 ads, so I kind of took some of the little dialogue oh, yeah. there. You know, I oh, figured yeah. this would be the product placement Tim Burton would be okay with, uh, you know, for some, some negotiating. You know, the McDonald's deal, yes. like we talked about yes. at the beginning, eh, not so much. Colt 45, I think Tim Burton can get by. Yeah, we're going full adult. Yes. <laughs> Alcohol, Batman <laughs> smokes, some, some cowboy killers <laughs> after fighting someone. <laughs> just Batman just lighting Batman, up a big don't cigarette. You break the law. He pulls a Colt 45 out of his utility belt. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> <laughs> Never do. You're breaking one right now. No open containers. What are you doing? <laughs> I have to go now. No, don't get in your car. <laughs> Batmobile can drive itself. <laughs> then why is it swerving? <laughs> Shh, I put it in the gas tank. Oh. You guys, we have been talking for a lot longer than I. Uh, <laughs> anticipated um pat 
<laughs> it's a record. Do you have any upcoming projects you'd yeah. like to uh, plug? Or uh, maybe how can people follow you on social media if you want to have people follow you on social media? Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, I feel like a lot of people, uh, no real projects at the time to plug. A yeah. uh, couple things might be in the works. We'll see. So, uh, you know, maybe down the road talk about it but uh for now social media on both twitter and instagram you can find me and this is such a fitting uh handle for for the episode it's i am patman 88 uh i a m p a t m a n 88 uh that is where you can find me at both twitter and instagram this is why you picked me for the batman episode just that's yeah it's, that's yeah. where we are uh so yeah so thank you guys for having me it was so much fun yeah, thanks man. for being with us man this has been Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. And uh, I mean, obviously, we have talked about Batman for forever, (laughs) forever. It's a triumphant (laughs) conversation, gentlemen. Uh, We will return to this again. Um, But first, let's continue. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, No, I I, uh, I mean, we ought to do another one of these at some point. In the future. Well, yeah, um, it's our Schumacher movie. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <gasps> yes. I can Sold. keep Chris O'Donnell. Sold. All right. Look, be on the lookout. Um, but for now, you know, I've got I've got other things to do. I've got to go um, replicate myself and just have, like, so many me's running around and living in an apartment together. Okay. All right. Well, I got to run. So I'm on this plane and uh, I'm just working, right? And then all of a sudden, like, this guy takes off his mask and then they they have another plane come in and they try to crash this plane. And uh, I didn't make it because one of us has to be the the wreckage brother. Uh, well, well, that makes things a little less awkward because I, I didn't want to be the, the only one who had to go, guys. Uh, I just found out the Founding Fathers hid a treasure <laughs> passed down through ancient empires in human history. So uh, I got to go to D.C. because I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> All right. Don't steal anything else. Don't steal anything no. else. <laughs> no, not a podium or a lectern or anything. Just the Declaration of Independence. Did you see, I sent this to you, Steve. Did you see, there's a meme going around of like all the looters in the Capitol building. And in the background, somebody put in Nick Cage holding the Declaration of Independence. No. (laughs) 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 (laughs)